I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Welcome to our Bible study. Mm-hmm. We are going through Luke, and we are doing the second half of chapter 6 now. That's right. We are starting at verse 27, mm-hmm. and the section is called Love for Enemies. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. I always forget that's in the Bible. It was like, you know, do unto others as you have them do to you. Mm-hmm. I always think that's just like a played cliche that someone made up. I forget that it's actually in the Bible. Yeah, I wouldn't have known the reference, <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. If you... Verse 32. If you love those who love you... What credit is that to you? Even if sinners love the, or even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. It's a good section. you have anything that strikes you there? Well, a lot of things. I'm thinking about those books by Bob Goff that I read mm-hmm. last year. I read Love Does and Everybody Always by Bob Goff, which I think are good books. did the Bible studies with the women's group that I was part of at the time. And the Everybody Always really emphasized this point about it's easy to show love to people who love you. Like, it's easy to love your kids and your spouse because they love you but loving your enemies means literally everyone you know because it could be someone who's blatantly done wrong to you like Mm -hmm. you know robbed your home or killed a family member Um, or it could just be like someone who cut you off in traffic Like, how do you show love to that person? You know? Well, maybe you respond with a wave. We don't need (laughs) it. I don't know. I think in some of the cases it was, like, not responding with anger. You know, you don't have to, like, follow them home and be like, I love you. Mm. But just by not being angry or just thinking, like, oh, that person must be in a rush, you know, or like having a loving or forgiving thought about them versus getting frustrated, getting upset, and allowing that hatred to 
run your next few minutes or, you know, responding in frustration towards someone in the car because you're mad about whatever road rage. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. that's just one example. But um, it's easy to love people who love you. And if it's someone who you've never seen before, have no relationship with, showing love to them is difficult. And then then I was also thinking... It just I mean I know it's not, but I'm trying to trying to reread it. It seems like what credit is that to you? What credit is that to you? Like you are earning a credit when you do something right. You know. Love your love your enemies, then you'll get a credit. If you love those who love you, you don't get a credit. Like I know that's that's not what it's saying. I don't know if there's another translation that doesn't use the word credit but for me that kind of is like oh i'm thinking of like a token or something where like you get a credit or you lose a credit it's like, interesting that the word credit there in greek is charis which is grace oh so so it's it's like what grace is like the it will undeserved love is the way that we define it but so i um, read it but your way in the Greek, like how would you translate verse thirty two? And if and if you love the ones the loving ones of you, the ones loving you, um uh what what to you is the grace? Or what to you is this I mean, they use credit, but the I guess the grace here like charisma, it's the attractiveness like what is the attractiveness of you if, what is the like what is the appeal of you if that is what you're doing so like if you're doing this thing which is like easy mm-hmm. what's the yeah like when you think of grace it's it's undeserved love but it's god being attracted to you and wanting to do something wanting to be near you for no reason that you are good so here, but when we talk about you grace... Do, but that, that's the confusing part, is like, if you... What am I trying to say? If you love those who love you, why would God be attracted to you? Or why would other be, others be just be attracted to you? Because, so I mean, the car is, is... So grace is undeserved love, and it's saying... You but, don't deserve it because this is too easy no, to do. No, but the thing is, grace we use with God, yeah. but it it all is also a word in Greek that, like, people have charis towards each other. People are attracted towards each other for many different reasons. I guess I never thought of grace as meaning being attracted. To it, it doesn't have to be just God is the was it a subject of that, right? God is the one doing the the grace. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, th- just the word charisma. What is someone that is charismatic? Just yeah. everyone is just attracted to them. Pulled you know? in. Yeah, you're pulled in by them. And if someone only loves the people that love them, well, they're not a very attractive person to be around, especially okay. if well, you don't love them. Well, that's what I'm trying to say is, verse 32 says, if you love those who love you, and then the, whatever, the opposite is in... Verse mm-hmm. thirty-five, love your ne- love your enemies, do good to them, lend them things without expecting to get things back. 
saying like, or, well, I know I shouldn't say it's saying what I'm having trouble with is it sounds like it's saying, if you do this thing, loving people who love you is easy. You're not going to get credit for that, but you have to do something harder if you want the grace or the, if you want to attract people in, or if you want to attract God in, you mm-hmm. have to do this harder thing, this thing that it's not easy. It doesn't come naturally to us. And, um, now this is kind of like a separate point, but yeah, loving, loving your enemies is, is difficult. It takes conscious effort. We have to pray to God for strength to do it. Mm-hmm. We need to be in our Bibles constantly prayer and God's word to give us the strength to do this because yeah, loving people who hate you does not come naturally. It's a, it's a hard, hard thing to do. So anyway, going back to this, verse 32 is saying, if you're doing the easy thing, what credit, what charisma, what grace is for you? And then you go to the hard thing. But if you do this, if you do this, if you love your enemies, then your reward will be great. So it's saying, if you do something easy, you don't get credit. If you don't, if you do something hard, then you'll get a reward. Which I know it's not saying. Well, I mean, when I look down at 35, the word misthus, um, which, of course, you know what it means. No, um, no. Which it <laughs> what mean, word it, are you it, even talking no, about? No, when he talks about the reward. Oh, okay. It is. It's, it's reward, wages, pay. Like, it's what you receive. And all of this is talking to believers, right? Sure. We're talking to Jesus' disciples. Mm-hmm. So as Christians who already have the love of God in our hearts, these are the ways we act. And... Um, so this is sanctified living. Yeah. We're not trying to become justified by doing these things. No, we're, it's all sanctified. But, but then that's but why do. I just found it confusing because he's saying your credit or your grace or your reward or your wages sounds like you're earning it by what you're doing, which we haven't really talked about the role of good works, but I know it's kind of complicated to think about. Yeah. But as I mean, the simple version that, you know, is once you are a believer, Mm -hmm. then we do good works to our God, not to earn our salvation, but, but because God says. loves us. And these, I think this would be an appropriate place to say, yeah, is it a good work if you just love the people who love you? No. Is it a good work if you love the people who hate you? Yes. When we, when we come to faith, uh-huh. we, out of thankfulness to God for everything, his work of justification and giving us salvation... We respond by doing good works. Correct. We love because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. And verse 36, be merciful as your father is merciful. But those things that I just said, we love because he first loved us and do good works and be merciful, just didn't jive for me the first time I read those words, credit and rewards, because then that sounds like you're earning it, which I know is not true, but this section is just hard to digest if you don't have all that background from all these other sections of the Bible. 
Like if you just read this love for your enemies section and you didn't have a really good knowledge of all the other sections of the Bible and put it together, wouldn't it sound like this section is sort of saying do this checklist type stuff Mm -hmm. and you'll earn your reward? Or if you don't, if you only love these people, God will not be attracted to you. Like, it sounds sort of like a... I don't know. That's just kind of hit me weird. I agree. It doesn't sound like mercy. It's just, the Bible is never... The Bible is a completed thing, right? We have to all read it together. And um, God loves us even when we sin. So when you don't love your enemy, when you don't show love to someone who cut you off in traffic, Mm -hmm. God is still forgiving you for that sin. Yeah. God is is merciful. It is. You are not being a perfect child of God when you wish evil upon someone. No, but we can't be perfect all the time. We can't. We're just not. We're sinful. We can we can strive to. We mm-hmm. want to, out of thankfulness. But you could, you won't go, fifteen minutes into your day without, not showing love to someone. Yeah, and it's it's tough because we, like I mean I. You could. Be, I do it like I like to excuse my sin as much as possible. That's my sinful human nature. Like right. well, I have a right to, to do this. I have a right have to a right wish to this. be sinful, but even. What is it, you know, David and Paul who say, I can't, everything I want to do, I can't do. Yeah, and Paul all of and Romans my, 7. All of my righteous acts are sinful. Like, we can't, you can't sit here and be like, oh, I was not mad in traffic. I was not mad at, you know, this person who called me a name. I'm not responding in anger to this person i've been so good right, all but my then you're sinning by pride right that's what i'm so. saying is you can't you can't do this stuff that it's saying love your enemies and do good to them lend to them things then as soon as you do it you're like yeah i i did something hard good for me Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, now I don't have to do boastful. this other little thing that's not a big deal or something. Right. It's just, and then sometimes it's even hard to love those who love you because we get frustrated with our families and mm-hmm. our close friends and our you know neighbors, and it's just hard. Well, and this this section is law. You know, this shows us like even though it's talking about love, it's showing us how how terrible. Not how terrible, how yeah. how how like short we fall mm-hmm. of the standards that God yeah, God totally. has for us, and it sounds great. Like, oh yeah, this would be great if we could all love each other. But then, yeah, as you and I study it, I just but, I get I right. feel guilty and I'm like, oh, love, I really really need Jesus. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not only forbidding us from treating others spitefully, but it's make commanding that you love everyone Mm -hmm. so it's not just the lack of malice but Mm -hmm. there needs to be the presence of love so it can't even be indifferent love everyone always and if you haven't read this book as i don't think you read it did you everybody always no everybody always love does was good too but i really felt like everybody always was 
was fairly good too. It just kind of made you sit there and think about this, this section, how, yeah, just forgiving someone and moving on, you know, but taking that extra step and showing love and not just to, yeah, forgiving your spouse when you get in a fight, but forgiving someone who has not asked for your forgiveness. Well, that... And loving I remember them. you told me the his account. Well, I want to recap the whole book, but I'm but, just I'm yeah. just going to say leave that there. If you want to read a book that really digs into this a lot, Love does, or no, I'm sorry. Everybody always. It's by Bob Goff, and uh, he wrote a little Bible study that goes with it. And the study, I actually, think was better than the book. It it like it's got questions and stuff. So anyway. Oh boy. Well, well, let's go. Did we talk about that for a lot? Let's go through this. Let's do one more. Let's talk about judging people real quick. Do not judge. Okay, verse 37. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured on into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Well, that some of those things confuse me, but I'm going to keep reading and we'll come back to it. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother... Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will clearly you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Um I was just a little confused by the a measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. Well think of like a flower. Yeah. You know. Rather than just pushing a knife across it you know you try and get as much as possible yeah yeah the measure you use it will be measured to you this is well you know this just super misquoted all the time which one don't judge oh oh yeah yeah as if like god doesn't really care about sin so then we can't tell people when they're being sinful that's not what god wants us to do well, it says that here in my notes, Jesus did not relieve his followers of the need for discerning right and wrong, but condemned unjust and hypocritical judging of others. So I think that's where you get to the hypocrite part. And um, yeah, calling people out for their sin is necessary sometimes, but obviously yeah we all are sinful so if you said you can't judge me because you're sinful none of us could judge each other but it's not judging i mean what's the word there for judge 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 is judge oh good <laughs> it is judge well, as long as it's clear it's uh, yeah because it's mean, like the the act of someone who is a judge it's the same root of the word to to decipher what is right and wrong 
Right, but, but if, if I could see, you know, like someone stole something from a store mm-hmm. that was wrong, they can't say, well, you're very materialistic, so mm-hmm. you can't judge me. Well, that's where I... That I feel This like, reminds me a lot of our conversation from the beginning of the chapter about materialism and other things and just comparison, right? Of comparison being... Well, you're... Com- but... Wait, let me finish okay. what I was saying. I feel like there's two meanings to the word judge. One being, like, just to say whether something's right or wrong. Like, you stole from a store. That was wrong. That was a sin. Mm-hmm. And then when we use it, I feel like maybe it's more like comparing. Like, well, you're not better than me. You can't judge me because you're sinful too. And I think when people say that, they're they're using judge like, you think you're better than me? Do you think one of them is telling someone if it's right and wrong and the other one is assigning the consequences of that? Or the value of the person. Like, or here's the, value the sentence of their deed. that you should receive. Want my sure. ire or my whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, not something so black and white as theft, but like if you're, you know. A temper or something. Or your temper or your whatever. Someone's drinking too much or I'm worried about you or. Well, and then someone. That's when people fire back with that. Like, oh, you can't judge me. You. You used to drink a lot, too, or you you lose your temper occasionally, Mm -hmm. and they try to... Well, then I'm thinking of judge, like... I'm making a hand motion. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) skills. Where people, you know, that's the classic, you know, symbol for justice, like the scales of justice, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're judging someone, you're putting it on... You're putting it up against something else. So if I say you're doing something wrong and you're feeling self-conscious about it, then you would try to knock me down by bringing up something I've done. And then that's where, well, you can't judge. You're a hypocrite. You're sinful too. But that's that's, comparing. Right, but that's Jesus' whole point with the sawdust and the plank is if you judge yourself according to your neighbor, you are going to miss a lot. If you judge yourself according to the standards of God, right. and if we all focus on our relationship with God, then our relationship with our neighbor is going to be much different and much better because we're all going to realize, oh, I have my faults, I have my problems too, and so do you, and how can I help you? Right, um, but does that mean then you need to preface every time you talk to someone with feeling? I'm a sinner too. I am a sinner. Now let's talk about your sin. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. Take the plank out of your own eye before you do get the sawdust out of someone else's eye. Yeah, you study and you confess and you work on these things. And but we don't... The thing is, we don't have to confess to each other. And that, what and that's kind of... What? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to confess to each other? Well... Hmm, what is there something you want to tell me? No, what I'm trying to say is we are accountable to God. Yes. There are obviously earthly accountabilities as well, but we're not accountable to each other for that necessarily like if I have a bad temper and I'm whatever aware of it and I'm praying to God about it and I'm working on it but then I see someone else's whatever stealing drinking whatever Mm. being violent whatever whatever name another sin you know 
don't when I want to talk to them about it hey I've noticed you're doing this do I have to start by saying all my sins and having a confession to them and saying I want to talk to you about your sin but first let me take the plank out of my own eye I have a bad temper I did this I cut someone off in traffic I lied about that you know like you don't have to confess your sins to someone to have a conversation with them about their sin you don't have to I think that when whenever we confront someone though with sin um whenever I've done it as a pastor a lot of times there are you know it's like Adam and Eve where it's like pointing whoa what about this person what about this person you know what about you whatever it is Mm -hmm. and just to stay focused on this is just between you and God and my sins are between me and God and I I'm telling you this not because I want to you know, not because I want you to suffer because I don't like you, but because I want you to have a better relationship with God. And that's something I work on right. too. That's what, what, I, that, I know. what you were just saying is what I was trying to say. Like your sins, this is your relationship with God, not your relationship with me. You're like, Right, we care is... about a relationship with each other. But what what I'm saying is prefacing that, I think a lot of times that's going to naturally come up in our conversations with someone else when we're talking to a brother and sister in Christ and confronting them with their sin. Not that everything starts with that formula. No, um, but you're also, the also key point is like, this is what the Bible says and this is what you're doing. Like, this isn't my personal opinion mm-hmm. that I feel like you're doing this wrong. Like, God, this is what God says. I'm mm-hmm. not personally judging in the sense of comparing myself to you or you to other people in this world or you to whatever. I'm holding you up against what God says. Yeah. You know? And you're pointing these things out to people so that you can forgive them, not so that you can make them suffer more. No, right. You know, like if you're trying to take the piece of sawdust out, you're trying to make their life better. You're not trying to poke them in the eye. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we probably went over again. <laughs> we didn't go over. We got, we got time. All right. Yeah, we don't, I don't think we can get through the tree and its fruit and the wise and foolish builders. Yeah, just do another one. I'm just one doing more. what we do. That was fun, though. We'll do one more verse or chapter six again next time. Okay, adios amigos. <laughs> Bye. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura wake up.